1: The Talk Sport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier line-up of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free. In terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: Welcome back to this edition of Red Side of the Trent. As we digress, Forest three-one defeat at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I'm joined by a full house in Christian Brown, Reese Lane, and Lee Clark. The show host, Adam Wicklow, giving you the review and possibly a therapy session in 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 <laughs> progress as well. We're going to start off obviously with the team sheet. Reese, I've got you in first. Two changes to the lineup: in Nora Mangala and Jesse Lingard making a surprise start in place of Jack Coleback and Chris Wood. What did you make of the lineup compared to what we actually got on the day?
3: Um, I think we we said last week, didn't we about maybe bringing Mangala back into the side to add some energy uh, but that was of the expense of Froiler, which didn't happen obviously Gates stayed on the bench I mean we did. We did try that early on in the season, didn't we, with Lingard, Johnson and Gibbs Wine it didn't really seem to work, if I remember correctly, away from home. Was it maybe Leicester away? I think we tried that. But mm-hmm. we did have a one-year, didn't we, that night as well, actually? Yeah. Um, just thinking. But I'm sure we tried that early on in the season, didn't really seem to work. But it's kind of one of them, isn't it? With Lingard, you're just trying to get something going for him to get him going. But again, he's you know, he's got brought off at half time. So um I didn't personally mind the team when I saw it. It was a couple of changes. It was a, we've actually changed something, so it was kind of a case of let's see how we go on and see if we can obviously get a Tottenham on the counter more, perhaps. But obviously, as we'll come on to, as we always say now, in this body, it obviously didn't work, didn't it? Yeah, I mean,
2: in terms of a positive note, it's nice to see Musiniacai back on the bench, but. We didn't really it didn't really get going early doors, Lee. Let's let's talk about the disallow goal before Tottenham actually did take the lead. I mean, for me it's there's too much time for Oliver Skip to pick the ball up in central midfield and, and ping a ball like straight over the back four for Richardson to run onto. I mean, the goal was tight, really, for the for the VAR to rule it out. did you make of it?
4: Yeah, I didn't I didn't think for one minute it was gonna get ruled out. Um it was just so easy, wasn't it? Just way too easy. It was just well, two touches of the ball, isn't it? Well, three touches, ball over the top, one to take it into his stride, one to lash it into the net. How many times have we seen that this season? Mm. Um, So, yeah, we, it was nice to get lucky. Um, It's rare going to a big six team's ground and seeing the message on the screen that something's being checked after they've scored. Um, So, yeah, I suppose that was quite nice.
2: But, I mean it's not a, it's a sign early doors though that Oliver Skippers getting like what ten, fifteen yards with no player really around him and he's just able to pick his pass. I mean that sets a tone early doors really. I kind of feared, even though it got ruled out quite early on, that this was gonna happen all afternoon.
4: Yeah, I mean it's we we're just so weak away, aren't we? I mean, we've we've packed the midfield with three bodies and it's just I can't understand in all these games we keep getting thrashed in away and conceding shit goals no one's picking up cautions I'm not screaming for people to just boot people up, opponents up in air and that sort of stuff but just I don't know I'd rather someone get booked in the first 10 minutes and say you're not going to keep doing that all afternoon um, it's just so frustrating isn't it I, I, I don't know I I don't really know what the answer is like you say we saw what Skip could do and we just kept giving him the freedom of North London to keep doing it all afternoon so I don't know it's just frustrating Yeah. Um, I don't really know what the answer is. (laughs) As you can probably tell, it's it's just, I don't really want to fall into the trap of repeating the same stuff after every single away performance, but it's just the same, just the same shite, isn't it? Definitely. Christian, we're going to get into the first goal, obviously,
2: Harry Kane scoring uh, the goal. Um, I don't want to really take anything away of, of what your analysis of it is. So I'll let you take it away in terms of where you think it might have gone wrong and, 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 your opinion on it, but it's an easy one for Harry Kane to add to his collection, isn't it?
5: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there are so many individual errors in the build-up to that goal. It's almost comical. So, for a start, you've got Shelby not being strong enough for Richarlison, who just puts the first ball back in. But, okay, it takes a slight little Knock off a weird deflection. Mangala has half a chance to sort of run at it and clear it, and sort of much like Colbach and Freud did last week, they sort of hesitate. Mangala hesitated, then the ball goes back out, it gets worked again. Shelby's running around all over the place, not really knowing what to do. And much like you know, the West Ham game where Worrell sort of ignored where Danny Ings was, he just sort of sat there daydreaming. And somehow a ball's come in and Serge Aurier, who, don't get me wrong, he's decent in the air, of course, is up against one of the world's best, if not the world's best striker in Harry Kane for a header. As soon as that cross came back in, you knew it was in before Kane made contact. It's because Warrell was stood there watching, not knowing what to do. And all Aurier can do at that moment is just try and put Kane off. That's all he can do because of the, the, of the height disadvantage. All he can do is just try and jump into him, put him off balance or something like that. He's got no chance. And... No, Harry as is what Kane does, isn't it? It's a brilliant header from Kane. Doff your head up doff your cap at that, but it's just it was just so easy for Spurs. I think that's the most frustrating part I mean, Obviously, I don't want to be too down on this, because on the face of it, if you said, Oh, Thrice have lost at Spurs, you sort of go, Oh, well that's to be expected. But as we'll come on to, it's more the manner of the how we did it. It's more the performance levels, it's more the mistakes, it's more the issues. And that's probably summed up best with the first goal, really, because again, catalogue of errors. And, again, like quite why Aurier is trying to out-jump Harry Kane is a bit of a joke. I mean, we said, like, the build-up, we try and keep him quiet. We might have half a chance. I think, ironically enough, that was the first time Kane really got into the game. Mm. But, you know, you can't give players of that quality that much time and space. And just all at sea, all at sea is probably the best terminology I can use for that.
2: I thought that really kind of set the tone for Harry Kane because he started yeah. to really dominate from from the front there. Like he he'd bring Worrell or Felipe so far out of position, it was unbelievable. And obviously, let's talk about the second goal, Reese, the penalty that for me is. I mean, I've watched it and slowed it down and and took like almost mental pictures of it of what what Joe Worrell is thinking and trying to do here. But I don't want to take anything away again from from what your opinion is on this and. You just you just taught me about it. Obviously, being in the ground there there to watch it live. Thoughts on?
3: Well, I've re I've rewatched it a couple of times. I literally rewatched it before we started this pod. And Harry Kane picks up the ball in their half, starts that move off, right, and he runs off Lingard, and then he's literally Kane is jogged from the halfway line past. I think there's three players. Um, I think one was definitely Mangala to so them where it's clipped forward and he gets a header onto Richarlison. He literally jogs through our midfield, and not one person is tracking, arguably, one of the best strikers in the world. Well, not arguably, he is one of the best strikers in the world. And then he flicked it on. And then once it comes to Richarlison, I was banging line with that um in the ground, as I'm sure Lee would have been, because he was sat close to me. You know, Warrell stands him up, and I, I just think. Yeah, stand him up. He's not really going anywhere. See him down the line. Do not dive in because Richarlison had half a yard, maybe a little tiny bit ahead of Worrell. But as soon as he knew Worrell was going to dive in, he just touched it and he, he just won the foul. It was the most blatant penalty you'll see all season. And there were some people, I think, around me, oh, that ain't a penalty. It was a blatant penalty. And to be fair to Joe, you see on the highlights, he gets he gets up and he, he knows. He knows and he'll, he'll think to himself in the head, his mind, he'll think, why have I just done that? And it was just so naive. And and then, you, I know, he <laughs> missed that penalty in the World Cup, then he came, but he's, he's a quality penalty taker. And, you know, the penalty, there was no chance for Navas, was he put it high, pretty much into the roof of the net. And within, <clears throat> you know, the blink of an eye, what, how long was there between the goals? Minutes, actually, I can't
2: really can't really remember to be honest.
3: Um, you know, the gate the game's just gone away from us, not it? And then you're just kind of thinking, really, going back to earlier on in the season where you're thinking, God, are we gonna just go under again here? Um, that was my worry. Um, there was 16 minutes in between the goals, just had a lot. So um, yeah, that that was kind of game over, wanted before half time. Um, I know you kind of think at 2 0 down, if you do get one back, then you know you are back in it. But as again, we'll come on to it was definitely out of sight pretty much early in the second half.
2: My issue with the with the Worrell tackle is one, he's gone in with the wrong foot. One, why does he need to die for the ball? Like yeah. you said, it's naive. Yeah. He's he's kind of realised the decision. I mean, Aspik, I spoke one of my mates rang me after the game and he said, like, I didn't he he, he told me he was like, I didn't play at a high level, but that's the sort of tackle I'd potentially make. But even in that decision, you don't need to. You just could just run parallel with with Richarlison and probably block the ball, if, if think, not just stand him up, like you said, just stand yeah, him up. Yeah, it was
3: just so, it was so naive. And like I say, you can just see by Joe's reaction, I think he thinks probably two seconds later, what have I just done that for? And to be fair, he's, he, he kind of typifies us as a, performance you know he's I I feel he's been pretty solid at home while as he come back into the side um when we won that I know we had a couple of draws in this nine game unbeaten run at home but he come back into the side didn't he for that Palace win Mm. played really well he's kept his place I think pretty much ever since that at home obviously gone another six unbeaten at home including some wins in there some clean sheets in there um did pretty well I thought against Ernie Harland um but away from him, he just looks a completely different player, um, just like as, us as a team, really. And um, that's the problem, isn't it? Uh, it's just the inconsistencies is really killing us, um, especially now as well, you know, and going back to last week against Everton. That was a game everyone had pencilled in for three points and we'd not got the win there. So it's, you know, a bit worrying because it's just so tight I know I know we're 14th, we've heard it on Twitter haven't we but there's literally two points now between us and the bottom three and is it four points off the bottom, it's four points between 20th and 12th, that's crazy, that's like the championship all over again so yeah, we've is. definitely brought that with us from last season
2: Definitely, Lee obviously went down at half time 2-0 uh, Cooper obviously wasn't very happy because we bought Andre Ayu and Emmanuel Dennis on for Jesse Lingard and Mangala, the two who actually came into the starting eleven. I thought we were so lethargic first half. No, like you said, no one wanted to put a tackle in. No one wanted to get on the ball and really get things going. It was like walking pace, wasn't it? But was you happy with those changes because it was it was a better showing second half, but probably too little, too late. I'd argue.
4: Yeah, I think um, on the face of it, when you when the subs are announced, you see who's coming on, you think, oh, let's see. Um, I, I'll i probably get a linch I thought Dennis was our best player yesterday, to be honest. Um, I really do. And I, I genuinely think at this stage that some people are judging him on what he's done in previous games rather than... It, it makes you laugh. I mean, we've got to support certain players, but others we're allowed to just wash our hands of them. And that's what I think people are falling falling into the trap with with Dennis. um, I thought he was the only player that looked brave. He looked willing to run at defenders. He put Tottenham on the back foot. It doesn't always come off for him. But then again, there's lots of players like him who are kind of in that inside-forward position where they might try something and it doesn't come off. I think the problem with Dennis is if it doesn't come off, it typically... He's kind of it usually goes up the other end and they score. It happened at United, it happened again yesterday. So I, I do get that. And I'm not saying for one minute that he's the messiah and he needs to start starting every game, but in terms of yesterday and how drab the performance was, I thought he was our best player. Um, as for Ayu, yeah, I mean, he does look a little bit limited, I think, what he's going to offer us. I, I'd like to see him a bit more between the posts if he gets a chance. Uh, but one thing you can't really knock him for is his work rate. I think he does put himself about, uh, and again, a lot of people like to use the criticism, oh, he's only getting minutes because he's Cooper's mate. Well, that's football for you. If if a manager fancies someone and it's someone he trusts, then he's going to keep getting minutes, isn't he? So, yeah, I thought they both did pretty well. Um, And I guess, given that the second half performance was improved, albeit when the game's probably gone, um, I suppose you have to say they were good subs. Yeah, definitely, Christian.
2: Let's talk about the third goal, uh, for Hyungmin Son. Uh, <laughs> Lee kind of like, uh, anchored us into it. Obviously, Le- Le- Emmanuel Dennis lost it, going trying to cut inside, and either not shooting or passing the ball to Lodi. It it's caused Tottenham to get us where they want us on on the counter attack. Uh, you you can you can take it from there. Obviously, what what you made of that goal because. There was a, another few errors, I would say, that, that was in there that we can probably uh, give like team team goals that we're just giving away, as you call us, Charity FC. Take it away,
5: Christian. Yeah, Charity FC was certainly in town last night, all right? <laughs> um, it actually reminded me of the goal to at Everton, at Goodison Park, that sort of ball over the top. But it's weird. On the one hand, I can kind of, again, I appreciate we're 2-0 down. We're trying to get back into the game. We throw men forwards ultimately we've kind of bit unstuck and they've hit us on the counter but we're playing a high line warrell plays everyone on sides when that ball comes over to begin with so from that richardson has got some space to run into and he's, he's good to go this is where i do have a bit of sympathy with warrell because when the cross comes in he does warrell does very well actually mm-hmm. to be fair to try and like, get a foot to it in midair and steer it away unfortunately for warrell it's gone straight back to richardson who's then put the ball back into the box and again i mean it's good from Sun. if you look at it from a movie it's very good attacking movement from Sun. he just sort of ghosts orier completely and just sort of you know sends if he's gonna go one way and just peels off and then by that he's, he's got some space and with that he can take a touch and make more time for himself and shoot the one who i don't know annoyed me a bit more in that sort of scenario was actually shelby because shelby again looked completely lost like when the ball came in like i know um if you look at the the goal that Willian, ironically has just won goal a month for against Fulham, like at least Lodi slid in to try and put him on his weaker foot. And okay, unfortunately for us, it's you know, he's routed it into the top corner. But Shelby doesn't even he just sort of stands still, doesn't doesn't close the angle down, he doesn't like put sun under any pressure, he doesn't really do anything or offer anything, he's just an obstacle. And with the space that Sun creates from his his movement. Shelby's out of the game anyway. Like if he's, I'd rather he slide in and Son have to sort of shuffle back because that then gives Worrell a chance to get back into the game and reposition himself. It gives Navas a chance to close the angle down and come out slightly. But he just doesn't do anything. And, mm-hmm. you know, I get, obviously, it's, it's all very, like, split-secondy stuff. It happens very quickly. But, it, again, it's poor, just very poor defensive goals to concede. And, you know, how many times are we saying this when we go away this season now? Like, we're like, like a different defensive unit on the road. Like we really are. And it's 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 gonna be our downfall ultimately, because we can't keep I mean okay, obviously we went into it as fans, sort of half hopeful that, you know, Spurs have been on a poor run, hadn't scored in three goals. Obviously Forest are bowling this town and they get three goals. Uh not scored in three games, sorry. You know, they just they played awfully against uh in Milan in, in Champions League and on Wednesday. And on the one hand, obviously we're thinking like, Oh, if they play that way again, we've got a chance. Do you have to remember that was the Italian champions who made them play that poorly? which is something that we sort of overlook with our sort of fan ambition. They are a good team Spurs. They're the third high scorers in the league and they're sitting fourth for a reason. You can't give them help like that. You can't give them like, you know, you get away with stuff like that in a championship, maybe. Like, you know, Warrell's clearance probably doesn't go back to that player in a championship, you know, or, you know, he reads the line better or the player is as quick down the right-hand side or as good as Richarlison is. I know some of our fans like to goad him because he hasn't scored yet, but he's a sensational footballer, whether you want to admit or not, he is. And, you know, there's a reason why we're looking at him, et cetera. And, uh, you know, you can't give these teams like, you know, just a free banquet, basically. And that's exactly what we did. And I think that's a disappointing aspect because we did put up a lot of, like, gusto and a lot of effort and a lot of running, but that's not enough. You can't, you know, you can't just, like, give teams gifts. And that's what we've been doing far too often this season.
2: Yeah, we'll we'll get into that in a little bit because just before we do, Reese just want to obviously touch on... An couple of chances we had, obviously, Serge Aurier heads at Fraser Forster, so makes a really good save. Uh, and then immediately after that corner, we're, uh, Joe Worrell scores his first Premier League goal of the season. I mean, what a bit of a roller rollercoaster day for him and our captain. And obviously, we've seen on Twitter, he's had a lot of abuse and gone on a bit of a blocking spree, it seems, against people. But bittersweet kind of end to the game. And obviously, the penalty that we get as well.
3: Yeah, just to touch on the um, the Aurier one, Oreo one first thought, that was a tremendous save from Forster. Um, reactions, really good hand, strong hand. Uh, I don't think Oreo could have done much more there. He's hit the target in a good area and the keeper's pulled off a, a great save and you just got to say fair play to Forster on that one. I know Dennis had a chance as well, didn't he? Forster yeah. made a save from an angle or so. Um, to be honest, I, with how the game's gone and the type of player of... of and character I've grown to know of Joe Warrell um, from watching Fires. I don't think he'd be particularly arse he scored his first Premier League goal because he's he's a defender and he's scored he's conceded free and he's gifted us um a naive penalty. So I don't think he'd be too fussed. Yeah, maybe a bit sweet, but I'm sure if you said to Joe, you get a nil-nil or we lose three one and you score your first Premier League goal, he'd take the nil-nil. So mm. I mean it was nice to see in the way goal and to be fair, you know, Spurs were then on the wouldn't say on the back foot, but a little dark crept in because obviously we went on to get a penalty and if we would have scored that, they probably would have been maybe a minute, a minute and a half to literally launch one into their box and then you never know. But yeah, you, you couldn't... I didn't really think Spurs got out of first gear and if I think... I'd say if it had gone to 3-2 with 10 to go, they might have just stepped it up a little bit more. But yeah, bit bit bittersweet if anything, for Warrall that, unfortunately.
2: I just want to get your thoughts on your opinion on are you taking it and not anyone else? Would you? I mean, I wasn't confident as he walked um, up to
3: it, to be honest. I mean, obviously, Brennan Johnson is our penalty taker, as we know, he wasn't on the pitch, of course. Um, I've no idea then if there is a designated second penalty taker. I'm not sure, has, has Cooper been asked that at all? I'm not sure. I guess then it turns to say who, who, who kind of wants it. You want someone who wants to take it. Um, did I want to take it? I'm guessing he did. Probably wanted to score his first goal. I'm sure Emmanuel Dennis would have been the same. Get some confidence going. Um, if it would have been up to me, would I have took it? Probably not. I would have liked to see seen Polly take it. He scored against Wolves, didn't he? Um, the penalty shootout. He scored, obviously, yesterday as a club captain, captain on the day. Well, I don't think there would have been a problem with him taking it, but it's always easy to say someone else should have took it when somebody's missed. Um, I think I who's got I'm sure I read on Twitter he's took 29 pens in his career. And I think he scored 24, so it's a pretty good conversion rate in it. Really, mm. um, you know there was a few people saying Morgan Gibbs White should have took it. Well, if we're going on Morgan's last two penalties, one he missed against us in the playoffs, and the other one. Probably should have been saved to be honest. So, um, <laughs> I'm yeah, in that camp as well with you, that's, 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 that's just one of them. Um, if I wanted to take it, it, it was just a shame. It was just such a poor penalty. Wanted there was no conviction, it, it literally summed up our away performance this season very weak, very tepid. And it was a pretty comfortable save for Fraser Forster. I'm not being funny, but I think if I was in goal and I'd, I'd have died that way, I think I'd have kept that one out.
2: Hmm. yeah you kind of like moved swiftly on to the next point which I want to bring you all in on i I really got like I w i won't say my head fell off, but I've been a little bit bit disappointed in terms of our attitude in the last few weeks and even against everton i f- I feel like this kind of falls into that category i mean there's been a lack of ideas and a kind of lack of ambition and a bit of a soft underbelly at times. I feel like there's not people stepping up into. Leadership kind of roles and taking games by the scruff of the neck. I mean, Lee, you point it out so so well in the first ten minutes. Someone put a tackle in. I mean, we we're clearly missing key key players. It, it, I mean, I never thought I'd ever say we miss Ryan Yates ever, but he's completely turned it around. And I feel like him coming back into the team along with Aunyi, Niyake, and and Kiate, are huge important players. To rescue this season, or at least give us a fighting chance. I did want to ask you all what what you think of what what could be different and what we could do differently because Jesse Lingard comes into the team yesterday and doesn't really do too much yet. Gustavo Scarpa's left out the squad completely, and I get he's like kind of adjusting to the league and the country and everything, but he was thrown in at the very start, and now we've not seen him for God knows how long. I don't understand. Where this kind of change of mentality is of, oh, let's try and set up to defend and kind of nick something on the on the break. This is the kind of Cooper that we're getting that Swansea fans warned us of. I don't want to blame Cooper, but he does have to take an element of that because I feel like he's the he's the leader at the top of all of this, and he it goes down to all of his like I don't know sergeants or captains or whatever you want to call it, like in an army. Why has it changed suddenly? Is it pressure getting to him? Who whoever
4: wants to jump in, just jump in. I'm not sure the pressure's getting to him uh, as such. I think he's in uh, I don't it's never helpful, I think, when your home form's so good and you uh, let's not focus on performances for a minute. Cause I know that I, I totally understand that people are saying that even the wins we've had at home, it's not been overly convincing. It's not been overly akin to what we expect from a Steve Cooper team. But I think it's tricky when you're not losing games at home and you're getting battered every time away because you kind of... It must be such a... He must be so tempted to go with something different away, but at the same time, where does that leave us if we then get arsehole again? Um Again, it's why he's paid the money he's paid and he's in the role he's in and and we're doing podcasts on a Sunday evening and he's plotting our success against um, Newcastle on Friday night. But it's tricky. I think me personally, I'm at the point where, particularly away, I would love to see him just go with something completely, a little bit niche, a little bit shackles off, even if he reverted back to his now that Nia is back. Um, even if you reverted back to the system we played last year again, you'd have to kind of you would never do that against Everton for example, I know we've not got them to play but just figure it, speaking about certain teams and how they play because obviously they've got three big lumps in midfield, you're not really going to sacrifice one of yours but I just think we'd have more I don't know, we'd have more willingness to at least have a go at teams I think if we went back to what we did last year, particularly away um, and it's it's getting to breaking point now. We can't afford to keep losing away. We've, we're have we not going to win all, all of our remaining home games. So something's got to come from these away fixtures. And you look at the next ones, Villa, Leeds, Liverpool's tricky, I, I get that. And then Chelsea. So you're looking at Leeds and Villa as being absolutely pivotal. And I just think, again, it sounds really negative. And I'd never want it to come across as me just being really negative, but it's hard to be positive again when we've been beaten by a team that's not got out of first gear. But we're going to need to get something from Villa or Leeds. And I feel we're going to go with the same approach. And one of those teams could make things extremely ugly for us as well.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, my, my issue is, is, is we're not getting close enough to teams. I don't mind us sitting off, but put pressure on the ball at least. Make it hard for him. Oliver Skip should not get 10 yards of space to... To pick a pass over the top of our back four, um, I'm sorry, it just just shouldn't happen. I I, do, I don't doubt that he's a probably quite a nice little tidy player, but he's only just started to actually play regularly for Spurs, and I feel like the experience of midfielders we've got in there in Johnjo, Shelby, and Remo Freuler have really like you start, they're starting to get really questioned in there. In in all honesty, but Reese, if you want to add anything, go ahead.
3: Yeah, um, you know, watching obviously yesterday. One thing what annoys me when we're going forward is our full-backs never, ever overlap, ever, away from home. And there's literally times when we get it down the wing to either Johnson or maybe second half as well, yesterday for Dennis. And Spurs have got three players on that side and we've got one against three. And there's never any overlapping from Loddy or Ori. So I, d- I don't know whether that's the manager's told them not to overlap because I think that's something where we can really, as we did last season, um, get try and get at sides. That's what Spence and Johnson were so good at. Um, I think the problem, not a problem, but for a lot of players who aren't in the team, you always kind of get this sense that they're kind of the messiah when they're not in the side. Mm. Um you know, I do like Sam Surridge, but you know, I've not seen anything really to tell me he's going to be a massive difference. I get, I totally get people's opinions that he um, probably does deserve a run, and I do agree. Um, Scarpa is another one. There's, I haven't, I know he's come over to a new country and he's got a settle, etc. But what I've seen from him in the games that he has played, there's nothing again what screams out to me he's going to be the answer. but I always advocate that you do have to give players a run of game, so it's kind of, it's kind of one of them. Really, I mean, you know, we we kind of said let's we're kind of. Well, I'm kind of guilty of this last week. You know, I said let's give Mangala a go back in the team yesterday, get some energy. I thought he looked a yard off the pace. Mm, you know, chasing, agree. Shadow, chasing shadows again in the first half. You know, the, the, the second goal, as I said earlier, where you guys will watch it again um, when I've been really specific. Kane literally just jogs through our whole team to get on the end of that. Mm. And I'm just like, just so easy. Um, and to be to be honest with you, and, and and I get your point as well, Adam. Obviously, these players coming back who have been involved in the first team more could be crucial. But when you've signed the amount of players we have, you know, people have you can't be relying on two or three players to be the answer to. As prayers, you, you know, everybody's got to contribute. And at the minute, there's just not enough people contributing, you know, yeah. we're away, especially away from home. I mean, we're just like Lisa did it, we're just like a broken record. And every, every fan will be the same. It's the same, same every week. And you know, Steve, you know, no, he's not immune from criticism. This has now gone to the other end of the scale where I've seen people, oh, people now wanting Cooper out. Well, no, it's not that. I definitely don't want Steve Cooper out, but he's not immune from criticism. You, you can't keep, you know, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and hoping it works, and that, and that is what we've been doing away from home. Yeah, and you know, he's um, kind
2: of repeating a lot of the stuff in his interview, yeah, saying, oh, oh, we're not brave and we're, not, we're lacking yeah, belief.
3: And I'm like, well, it,
2: that comes from does, you, Steve.
3: <laughs> I'm sorry. It does get frustrating after a bit. <laughs> and like I said in this chat earlier, if that were, with respect, I know Chris Uton didn't do the stuff for Steve Cooper's done for it If Chris Uton was saying that week in, week out, and the away form was as bad as it was, it'd be getting pelters and he would be getting a lot of stick. So, you know, it's it's... <laughs> We've been saying it all season, haven't we, that away form's got to improve. And Stephen Self has been saying that, but we've not seen any signs. Well, Well, the one sign we did see was the period with the Southampton and Bournemouth game where we won away, we come from behind away. But then we obviously went back to normal when we lost at West Ham where we completely collapsed. So the next two away games, you look at them two against Villa and Leeds, you know, I know <laughs> Villa are a, a decent side, Leeds are down there with us. They're two games where you've got to look at really, in my opinion, let's try something different and let's try and get a result away from home. Because like Lee said, we cannot simply rely on a away form. And like I said earlier as well, the away the home form what we're relying on, we didn't we didn't get the three points last week, what we all thought we'd penciled in we'd get. So, you know, it's um it's so tight, and it's good. It's we mentioned this last week again. It's going to go down to the wire, and to fear that that prophecy, what Christian said a week, a few weeks back, P- Palace Forest last day. At this moment in time, it could be one game as a part of a lot of games where teams are going to be fighting to stay up. Um. So, but I've always thought in my mind that. <laughs> We'd stay up on the same when we play Arsenal at home, and they win the title at the City Grand. So I'm kind of hoping, fingers crossed, that will happen. Um, yeah. Before hopefully.
2: those two, before those two away games, we've obviously got two two big home games against Newcastle before the international break, and then and then Wolves. Uh, Christian, have you got anything to add to that little segment?
5: I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously we've said before. I mean, like, like Lee said the other week, we are putting too much pressure on ourselves at home with our waveform form because, and that's one I, I fundamentally believe that is one of the reasons why we didn't beat Everton. I know obviously you could say that I had Cooper made his subs a few minutes early, then maybe might have had a bit more time to do things. But I've we looked scared those first ten minutes against Everton. We looked like we're a team that had to win, absolutely had to win. And obviously, as soon as they scored, it was like right shit. Okay, now we really have to win, and that thankfully kicked our ass into gear a little bit. But we are, That's we. We can't keep doing that. You can't keep We. We've got. Think about it. We've got Newcastle, Brighton, Man United, and Arsenal also come at home. We've got a Southampton team who've just taken four points from Chelsea and United away. You've got Wolves as well, who look a bit rejuvenated now on the Petit Gay. Okay, fair enough, they're not quite the European challenge they were years ago. But look, I actually look at football team again, as opposed to they were earlier on this season. They, these aren't easy fixtures. Like, we, we aren't going to bowl up at the city ground and get three points every week and go home happy. Here, just can't get enough. It's not going to happen. So, something does have to break away. But what, where I feel, a bit, I feel a lot of sympathy for Steve Cooper, because... Ultimately, he's doing—he's in survival mode. He's doing everything he can just to make sure we survive. That's grinding out 1-0 wins. That's making sure we get draws, nil-nils, whatever. We, we can't afford to go out and play free-flowing attacking footballs. But even, I mean, our goal difference is still bad. Granted, it's just a joint worse in the league. Let's say we went yesterday to Spurs and went, all right, we'll bowl up with a very open side of play and we lost 7-0 we'd all be here saying, what the fuck are you doing? Steve? why are you playing <laughs> this open formation? So he can't win either way. So mm. he's, ultimately he's doing what he can do with the place he's got around him, which he's had to throw together in one season. So really he's, you know, this is why like people are saying that if we are to survive and to be honest, even if we don't survive, we'll be in the conversation purely because we put up such a good fight for it. Because he's had a job, an unenviable task of moulding this team together. I mean, you you have to look at Chelsea. Chelsea have thrown together a bunch of world-class youngsters and they can't gel together properly. They're only starting to do it now. Mm. So, and, you know, that's with Graham Potter, someone who has achieved so much in the Premier League, so much more than Cooper has, bear in mind, you know, he's been here for X long. So I'm not too critical of Cooper because I do think he's got a tough job. What's frustrating you your waveform. I get obviously all your points, in that you know we can't keep repeating the same things. We can't keep doing the same things away from home. Ultimately, this is the way it's gonna have to be until something snaps, until we get something go our way, some fortune. And yeah, it, it was again. It just feels like you know one of those days where not a lot's going right. For I mean, obviously we had the VAR call, I suppose, but even then, it, it's weird because I'm sick of him saying that we need to have belief away from home because we do, and we all know that. We are we are at a point where, you know, actions need to be speaking loud louder than words because talk is very cheap. But ultimately I do think he's got a very tough job in his hands. I don't really know what the solution is. As Reese alluded to, some players have come out of the team and they're much better players for it. Apparently Sam Sarge is now worth forty million pounds of course, <laughs> some, just because he's not been playing. Like again, I get but even then, you know, if you start throwing things up and changing things with inconsistency, you'll get inconsistent performances because you know as you said with Mangala Mangala looks undercooked when he, he plays this day he was rightfully dragged off he was crap so he wasn't alone but that's one of the risks you have to take and that's one of the things that people's got to juggle I think the international breaks have come at us for a very good time I know we've got a tough fixture run afterwards but at least gives us a chance to take some break get some minutes get some fitness sorry back into these injured players and hopefully after a break we can come together with a bit more of a cohesive outfit give a bit more belief and just you know Go into the final straight with some belief and something to cling on to.
2: Yeah. Before we go to some slept on it thoughts, my I think my frustration is you see Bournemouth go to Arsenal last week and and have a go at them and get close to people. I mean, I don't. I'm not expecting us to play open, expansive football, but just be competitive, get get 10 to 15 yards closer to, to Spurs than we were yesterday. We were pretty much camped on the edge of our box in the first half, which is something that I don't wish to see. I mean, I just wanted us to make it a little bit more difficult than it was. And I think that is the, the grand scheme of why our frustrations are so high, in, in all honesty. I don't expect us to go and beat Spurs at their own game. Just, just make it as hard and difficult as we possibly can. Like we have done for a lot of teams this season. It just... Doesn't seem to happen away from home, bar, bar the uh, the odd couple of games. But, yeah, so... I
4: think to I think to coin the phrase that the Newcastle fans uh, came up with a few years back, we're not demanding a team that goes away and wins, but we're demanding one that actually tries and looks mm. like they're going to put on a bit of a performance. Because at the minute, it's just, like you say, it's just... We, we're like... I don't know. We, it's boring, isn't it? I hate the... I kind of hate the saying, but we're just feeling sorry for ourselves. It's the middle of March and we're still feeling sorry for ourselves like a team that's come from a league where we're used to blowing teams away ourselves. To having our, We're just rolling over and showing these teams too much respect. And like I said, I don't think any of us are, are silly enough to... Because we'll get the we'll get the usual comments. Oh, so you're saying we should revive our away form away at Tottenham. No, we're not saying that, but we're saying we shouldn't be going there and we should have conceded after about 90 seconds. I mean, come on, for fuck's sake.
0: That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee In terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
3: Just a break in play to give a plug to my business. This is Reece off the pod. I have my own courier business, RL Delivery Service. I do local and GB deliveries, good rates, fully insured. So give me a message on, it's RL Deliveries on Twitter. You can find it in my bio, which is um, Reece, spelled R-E-I-S-S-N-F-F-C. Or I'm also on Facebook at RL Delivery Service. So if you do need anything moving, give me a message and I'd be more than happy to help. So just going to go through some slept on it thoughts. Thank you ever so
2: much as, as usual for getting in touch. So Stuart Clarkson, another away day, another poor performance, worrying injuries. The Twitter fans abusing players online whilst wearing their half and half scarves. The home fans will be needed on Friday night. The twelfth man could make all the difference. Hoping that Cooper learns and makes changes. Jerry Pritchard, don't even know where to start. But our form is very worrying. We've not played very well at home in the last few games either. Lottie's is out of position defensively so often it's a joke. Warren is too prone to error and Froyler is now a passenger since Shelby. Started Phil positives. We won on the counter, the, the corner count, and scored. Uh, if Shelby plays, we need uh, check and Yates with him. Lost patience with Remo, Froilo, and o- Oramangala Mangala. How is Scarpa and Sam Sorge not even in the squad? I'd rather we set up not to concede, uh, set up not to concede in away games and shithouse a point than get, keep getting drubbed. Uh, Janusz uh, Stabic, where the worst team in the league count. Can't pass it through the midfield to link the attack. Defend- defender don't, can't do the basics. Can't link three passes together. We gave Spurs less trouble than they face in training. Tony Hughes gave them far too much space in first half. Chasing shadows, poor marking, improved second half. But defence looks stretched every time they attacked. Scoreline flattered as I fear for as if Johnson's injury injured for a period of time. I was in the top one. You're only sure three things in life. Death, taxes and Forest losing away. Matt Gutteridge, the away form is really embarrassing now. What worries me is the team don't seem to have the fight in them to change it. Johnny Ancliffe, deeply concerned now. Players that were doing well earlier in the season are, are going backwards. Steve Cooper deserves some criticism, but still very much behind him. If the home form cracks, the writing's on the wall massively. Need a win for Newcastle to calm things down. Matty Mooners, maybe worth trying a different approach away from home, which we have suggested actually on this pod. For all their talent and threat at home, relying on Jono and uh, Morgan Gibbs-White is not working. We need another outlet, maybe playing them off. Are you worth a try? More of the same will get us nowhere. Dagenham Dave, even our own fans are now comparing this side to established Premier League sides. Uh, these players haven't even done pre-season together, let alone a full season. It was never going to be pretty, we just need to stay up. That's it. Get real. That Gary Baldy nerd, same old, same old, insert previous away post. Worst of today uh, is Brennan Johnson's injury. If he's out for any prolonged length of time, then we are down. Just don't see us exposing or scoring against any teams without him, but win against Newcastle and Villa Wolves lose. And we are 12th. Uh, last three games from Yummy Bear against struggling sides, nine conceded scored, three scored, one point. I am now worried we can't keep sugarcoating it forever. Uh, Richard Gary Baldy, the worst Wonderful thing about Spurs Stadium is that there are great lines of sight from the away seats and huge screens, so you really can't miss how badly the midfield and central defence played in the first half. David, Francis, Davis, there are two forests, the home version, the away performances. And from my perspective, there's a psychological aspect to these differences, one that should be addressed and quickly. York, 500. Spurs are a Champions League team at their place. We are likely to be beating them, but we need to compete, make it harder. Uh J and FFC. Uh we are shit, can't pass the ball, defend shit. Why are we not having a go from the start? Not when we are 3-0 down. What does Wood Are you offer? Why no Scarpa? No surge on the bench. Tactic shit away from home and that penalty for fuck's sake. Um, last couple. Sir Elliot, uh Elliot, uh, away form is killing us slowly. Danvers is world class, but can only do so much regarding naive defending. Thankfully, our next two matches are at home. Uh not sure about his next point, which is all. Also, the film "All Quiet on the Western Front" has fewer injuries than when we play in the Premier League games. I mean, that's exaggerated. Um, Alex, match commentator for the first Spurs goal, Shelby with a half-hearted challenge. Nothing more to say. The whole team was poor, poor, and we need a lot more desire and fight all over the pitch. Thank you ever uh, for getting in touch. On slept on it. Thoughts. I mean, very popular segment. It seems on the pod. We're going to go through a couple of. Player performances and and then uh, we'll we'll get into some Newcastle chat before finishing up. So Lee, we're going to start off with you. I mean, you've already touched the Dennis uh, earlier in the pod, but I do want you to give us a bit more of an overview on what you thought of him.
4: Yeah, again, I mean, people have their opinions on this, and they'll think I'm barking mad, probably. But I think I'm at the point where. He's not gonna he's not gonna offer anything different to what he offered yesterday if we don't play him more. So I'm at the opinion of perhaps giving him a go from the off. Um I'm not sure it'll happen. I think we've said on this pod before that of all the signings we made in the summer, Emmanuel Dennis is probably one that wasn't fancied by Steve Cooper. Um I think it's just it's just no use keep using him. I know he got a little bit longer yesterday because he came on at half time, but the only way he's gonna get fresher and sharper is by playing from the start. So I'm not really bothered what people think. I thought he was good yesterday. I thought he was the only one that got the ball and was brave. Um, He looked like a player that wasn't phased by the, the opposition. Um, And I think he deserves credit for that. So for me, it wouldn't be a surprise to see him start a game in the near future. Maybe, maybe not against Newcastle. But you know what? If Johnson isn't fit, then I'd go with Dennis from the off because I think Cooper's always been good when it comes to if a player comes in and does a job for him, um, and performs well, then typically he likes to let them keep the shirt and I think Dennis, yeah, I know people will look at the third goal as well and say that he went down a bit easily, and it wasn't a foul, but I mean the balls traveled eighty yards up the other end of the pitch you, you Steve Cooper can't possibly blame it solely on him, um, and I think he will be quite pleased with the the, the effort he put in so Yeah, if it was up to me, I'd give him a go from the off. It might not work, but I just don't see what we've got to lose, uh, particularly if Johnson is injured. That's a fair
2: point. Uh, Christian, I did worry about giving you this one, but I'm going to because you've you've promised. Uh, Joe Worrell.
5: So the headline is Worrell was poor. I mean, there's no escaping it. He was very poor. You could argue he was a fault for three goals. What I struggle to understand, though, is that and this isn't just restricted to Worrell. This is for all the academy players. So it's always an and but. So, for example, you know, Worrell was poor. Yeah, but Amber, someone else, someone else was. And it's just like in this yesterday's case, it was Jesse Lingard's coped a lot of flack. Now, it wasn't Lingard's fault that uh, Shelby wasn't strong enough to show Charleston down the line. It wasn't Lingard's fault that Worrell dived in with an at best incredibly naive challenge on the Charleston. And it wasn't Lingard's fault that the midfield was so slow to get the ball forward and you know so languid as is. That the only time he actually got on the ball on the turn and could play to a ball to play a ball to a Forest shut, up the pitch in space was in the 44th minute. From that move, he got a corner. So quite why he's been made out to be a scapegoat for Worrell's failings is frankly beyond me. And like I said, it is a widespread issue. Like when we had um, Sabri and Houghton and Yates was a shadow of the player than he is now. Uh, for all the wrong reasons, you know, it was always like, oh, Yates was poor, but so was Ben Watson, or so was Gravinovich, or so was Cafu, or so was someone else. Even though this season with Johnson, when he was still adapting to the league, it was, oh, Johnson was poor, but so was Tywo. With the academy players, for some reason, it's always an and-but. You can never just say they were just poor. There always has to be, like, you know, uh, an explanation or an excuse or some sort of, like, you know... I oh, do uh, he's just, I find it very, very strange. And, you know, okay, fair enough. He shouldn't be copying the, the flackies on Twitter. Um, if you're at him and calling him you no know, names, that's just stupid. But, like, equally, if people are saying that he's played badly and he has played badly, there's no escaping it. Like, you know, he was daydreaming for the first goal. He was his challenge for a second goal. He played them all on side for the third. But yeah, he scored great. But, I mean, like Reese alluded to earlier, if you offer Joe Worrell nil nil or a 3 1 loss, which he scores in, what do you take? It's always going to be a nil-nil. So, I, I, you know, he had a very poor game yesterday. It's uncharacteristic of the world that we know. It's not uncharacteristic of how he's played this season outside of Nottingham. And really, like, the last time he played this poorly, he was dropped for Cook and McKenna. I'd argue he's playing worse now than why he was dropped to begin with, especially on the roads. And really, I think, you know, he, he's only in the team as a necessity at the minute because we've got no one else. But I think the best thing for him at this moment in time is that he takes some time out of the team, does what we did last time, looks back on his form, looks back on his mistakes, how he can get better, how he can improve, and you know, just watch some of the home games. Because you know it wasn't that long ago against Haaland, you know, he's keeping him quiet with Felipe. You know, he, he's played very well in, at the City grounds in games. It just seems to be a big problem away. So, you know, he had a poor game yesterday. He doesn't need to be any more than that. He, he'll know he had a very poor game. And I don't really know, I, it's all, all this nonsense about like, oh, you know, you he, like to paraphrase some people on Twitter, you know, how he'd chop a bollock off for forest and how if you cut him open, you'd see like, you know, the forest badge, et cetera, et cetera. You said about anyone, like any fan, that I, I just feel that there is a lot of rope being given to people who live in like a four or five mile radius in Nottingham, as opposed to someone from Warrington, for example, in Lingard's case, or someone from London. And I just find that very, very silly. Like, like Lee alluded to earlier, like you know, or even as he said on Twitter, it had Roddy made that challenge on Rochdaleson. You know, we we still be reading the Pelters now. So I don't understand why people just can't say one set thing about an academy player. In this instance, he had a very poor game. That's the all we can say about it, and let's move on. There's no point trying to scapegoat other players for his poor performance. I just find that very bizarre.
2: That's fair enough, uh, Rhys. I'm going to throw you a tiny little bit under the bus. Because I'm going to give you kind of two because they kind of go hand in hand, uh, Remo Freuler and John Joe Shelby here. Because I feel like you can't mention one without the other at the moment.
3: So it's gone from Dennis and Wood last week to Freuler and Shelby this week. So I, th-
2: I just think like because of John Joe Shelby getting played into the team, he's kind of like Remo Freuler is almost they're almost like getting in a way of each other. So I kind of feel like they kind of go hand in hand.
3: Yeah, I'll start. I'll start with Freuler. Um, I touched on him last week in I I think he's. He looks a bit shot in terms of stamina. I just think he could do with taking out a team for probably one or two, probably the Newcastle game. And then he's got, I'm guessing he'll go away with Switzerland, which is a bit annoying for us. I know folk won't say it's annoying, they'll, they'll say it's good. But yeah, I just think he probably could do with taking out because he's been so ever present, he Plus, he's gone to the World Cup. You know, when I know we did this mini pre season, but it was a bit of a jolly one wasn't it, for the players who didn't really go. Um, and Shelby, I remember him coming on at Fulham being really impressed. Um, but I think ever since he has got into the team, I've not I don't know whether it was Chris kind of that new balance of on his debut, I've not really seen it's always with Shelby. It's like um it has to be a ball out, a really class ball out of nowhere to get us going. There was one yesterday where he did it with the outside of his foot and got Johnson down the line, which was brilliant, but it kind of comes off once in a game and it's like, well, you need to be, you know, get more on the floor a bit more and actually get some foot on the ball. I mean, like I say, Freud, I don't think he made a forward pass all afternoon. And I, I'm just like, come on, Remo, you, you, you've you been captain at Atalanta, played in the Champions League, played in Serie A, you played for Switzerland, who were, I'm guessing, ranked in the top 15 nations in the world. I think it was top 10 at one point. He's obviously got something about it. I just think, these experienced players away from home, especially, have got to stand up and be can and be brave when there is younger players around them or a bit more timid players, and actually get us on the ball. And yeah, but I've said it on a, a previous pod. All our centre mids are just so similar for me, and I just. You know, like we 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 said didn't we chuck Mambagala back in there yesterday? We chuck it's Cooper chucks him in and he and he doesn't perform. Um, so, so yeah, I just I just I just don't know what the answers are. We're kind of going back, aren't we, to where we thought we had this really solid team, and then um, now we're just like trying all things again, hoping something kind of sticks, which is a little bit of a little bit of a
5: concern for me. Let, uh, I let Christian come in before I had anything else. Uh, yeah, just sort of going back to Shelby, I mean, this is kind of what I was worried about when we signed him. I mean, like we said, we had, had a good debut, or any player can have a good debut. We've seen that many, many times with Forrest. Oh, grade eight comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, someone's had a very good debut. Or Matt Darby in pre-season, let's not forget, when everyone thought he was the second coming of Pelé <laughs> and didn't score for about 40 games. And... <laughs> Obviously, I'm not saying Shelby's in that category, of course. But um, what I am noticing he's doing, and I understand that, you know, we are very. It is a midfield issue. It was a wider spread bit midfield issue because we're not passing the ball forwards. But that's in turn being overcompensated by Shelby trying that when it's simply not a forward pass on. Like, not everything has to be a Hollywood ball. You can just play a, like mm-hmm. a five-yard pass forward, and he's very guilty about. It, I find like he was so wasteful. Yes, at that stage, just like you know, if there was one pass to play. He played three passes. It was like, it was like, it was a championship game again. First one, a wide diagonal ball to the left, intercepted, came back to him. Tried it again, intercepted, came back. The third one set Johnson down the right and he got a corner out of it. But it's just about picking it right. Like, I don't really see what good it does. Him coming back, standing on the centre-back's toes, getting the ball and trying to smack it 60 yards forwards and it not finding feet. I'd much rather he get the ball in that position, we move up as a whole and he play like a simple 10-yard you know, pass forwards to someone through the lines and we can go from there. Not like I said, doesn't always have to be just even Gerard save to day Roy and Hollywood ball. Sometimes the easier ball is the better option. And that's my issue with Shelby at the minute. I just don't think he's doing that. I think he's trying too hard to get up the pitch. And that in turn is hurting us on the counter. I, f- I think as um as well, like
3: it kind of you know, this isn't a criticism at all, but it kind of really sums it up that we've signed quite a lot of centre mids this summer, and at the minute the best centre mid at the club's Ryan Yates, who were who people, including themselves, were arguing whether he was good enough for the championship or not. And now we're in the Premier League, and he's probably at the minute you'd think is the most convincing centre mid in terms of if you get the general consensus of the fan base. So I think I like redemption arc, yeah.
5: Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: I think I think I, rather... so, I mean that
3: that kind of poses a problem in itself, doesn't it? And that's not a criticism at all at Yates because he's. It just that that energy again. We missed it again yesterday. I thought Mangala I, I, would offer that energy, and he just didn't. It just didn't. I, I, I thought
5: that, that one player. That sorry, Adam. I thought again someone else. We you No, know, I don't. I don't understand. With every passing week, that sort of comes. I know. Obviously, I said that we're very guilty of like making players seem better than they are when they're not playing, but we signed O'Brien because he was the best player in the championship for bringing the ball forwards. What do we miss yesterday in midfield? A midfielder who would get the ball and bring it forwards. Like That's two weeks in a row now this has happened. And it just feels like, you know, we. I think we've dropped the maps to not putting O'Brien in our 25-man squad. Because I really think he'd be, a, we I, he'd improve it. I really do believe that. Like Everyone talks about oh, Scarpa and et cetera, et cetera, but we're not looking closer to home. He should have been in the squad. So I don't know who for, thought, but he should have been in the squad. And... Yeah.
2: This is the alarming thing because you pretty much name every single one of our center mids and they are all pretty much very, very similar. I mean, mm-hmm. the exception of Yates and Kiato, who I think are kind of, and maybe Danilo, but we've not really seen it because he's still obviously a young guy settling into a new country, new language, et cetera, et cetera. But they are the two like center mids who are like kind of go after other players and go after the ball and like kind of hunt it down and, and be aggressive. Everyone else is kind of what that player that's like keep things moving, keep things ticking. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat as you guys of John Joe Shelby trying a Hollywood ball too many times. I, I don't really know what he offers other than that at the moment. I mean, I am I could be proven wrong. I've been proven wrong many, many times. But yeah, I'm in the same category. But I just wanted to touch on Andre you because I thought he'd come on and actually did quite well as a centre forward. I thought he, he would get the ball uh, into feet and either p- play the ball out wide or or. or Actually, turn his man and get things going forward. I mean, we've been a little bit critical of him. It's been a bit of a weird signing, or obviously he's Cooper's man and whatnot. But I do think he offers something a little bit different. But I thought he deserved a little bit of credit yesterday, albeit apart from missing the penalty. I thought he was generally quite good at linking play up. But yesterday, that that's just my two pence on it. But we're going go Newcast- to go to the Newcastle.
3: Interrupt, Adam. Sorry, just before we finish, um, it kind of shows the low bar set away for a moment that we're. Really, yeah, we're absolutely. praising players for like Leah's with Dennis. And I do agree with him. I thought Dennis looked lively, but we're praising players for just having a bit of a run at people. That's the low that's the bar we've set away from home. That's someone who's actually willing to run at a defender a couple of times and a half is perceived to be one of our better players. Yeah. And as as well, you know, let's let's be honest. Which one of our centre mids do you look at and think he can carry the ball 20, 30 yards and drive us up the pitch? Oh, none of them. None of them. There isn't none of them. And and you need it in this league.
2: The point about Lewis O'Brien that Christian made was really good because I fought against Leicester when he came on, he made a bit of a difference because he could carry the ball forward. Like It's just what
5: it is. Yeah. I mean, what got me the Leicester game was, I think, the most impressive thing, like, we were the 95th minute or something. Obviously, it's still 2 0. We're, we're going to win the game, the rest of the boat, anytime soon. But he gets the ball. And, you know, obviously, like we're all sort of like worrying about, you know, what we can do with it, it'll be clearer. He literally carried the ball, 60, 70 yards, O'Brien, into their half, deep into their half, running down the clock at the same time. And then, you know, I think he got tackled for throwing. But that ate up a good 10, 15, 20 seconds that, you know, saw the game out. Like, let's say someone sank to clearance for example which we've been very guilty of this season many times and they score to make it 2-1 the referee suddenly thinks oh I i not love a minute on for that you know and he just puts all the unnecessary stress so it's just, oh, it's just little things like that i, I really really struggle to see why he was dropped from 25 man squads i thought that he offered us something this season i've like you know I, I felt really bad for him obviously he got ill like lost four kilograms which is you know just just on the two stones is a hell of a lot really He's not the biggest as is And you know, we saw obviously With his performances He was like struggling To get back to speed I felt he just got back to speed In January time The World Cup break helps And then he's not going to play Football for us the rest of the year May not even play for us again I just think that's a huge Huge mistake on our part that's I mean, nice. I'm a bit I have always been a big
3: fan of O'Brien. I said yesterday to the lads on the bus, he's probably the only person last season I thought gave James Garner and Ryan Yates a run-around when Huddersfield beat us at the City Ground in the league. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's easy to say that in hindsight. I just my gripe would little gripe would be, I know you mentioned as he could come back to be an important player, Cuyate, but he might not be back until April. Mm. I just think what's kind of the point in having someone in a 25-man squad when they're going to be out for probably three months, whereas you paid £10 million for a centre mid and he's not in the squad at all. I just think that's a little bit um, naïve, maybe. I just hope... It's all in hindsight. It's very easy to say. and It's just... As well, I don't know whether if Forrest expected Danilo to come in, hit the ground running, and he'd be the sport carrier. I, I, I had no idea because he's another one we've not seen now for a couple of games. Hmm. He looked and... good at the start. Sorry, sorry, Adam. And then he had, I mean, United where he did get the run around, but in, he also did in that Leeds game, didn't he? So we're not really seeing him from that. So, yeah.
2: I, uh, I, I, don't want to, I don't want people to think we're clamouring for a player because they're not playing. I think we're all just getting at that. Lewis O'Brien is very different from the rest of our central midfielders. And I think that's a fair point. But let's talk about Newcastle quickly and and, and we can we can shoot off then. Uh Lee, we're gonna start with you, obviously. I just want to know what one, what would you do differently, and then what your prediction's gonna be as well.
4: Million dollar questions, aren't they? I suppose. Um what would I do differently? Do you know what at home, not much. Um I don't know. Um, what would I do differently at home? It's tricky. I, it's hard. To, Steve Cooper's not going to change too much at home, is he? Because we're unbeaten in nine. Um, say what you want about the performances, but he's gonna. He's probably going to play four-three-three again. I think probably the challenge at home is finding the right formula with certain players in certain positions. Um, you would think Shelby would be quite up for the Newcastle game. Uh, I just hope Johnson's fixed. I think he could cause. Um, Newcastle, some problems in behind. Um, but yeah, in terms of doing stuff differently, I wouldn't do a great deal differently at home. I just hope, well, I, I don't hope, I know they will be. The fans should be good. Um, uh, quite pleased it's Friday and not the Saturday because I think under the lights, um, everybody with pretending they're Irish because it's St Patrick's Day and having a few Guinnesses, no doubt, beforehand. Um, prediction, I think it might be a draw. Um, I want to say a win, but it's probably not not great timing. Mean, I might wake up Monday morning and think, "Yeah, do you know what? Tottenham's parked now. Let's go on to Newcastle at home." Um, but yesterday's still a bit sore, and the performance was, as we've said for the last hour, pretty shit. Um, so I'll go for a one-one draw. Um, but I think it'll, I think it'll be a better performance. I think, well, it, the the team and the players and the manager must know that our own form's got to be good because there's no sign of, of an end to this turgid away form so yeah I'll go for a 1-1 draw and I think it'll be a, an improved performance
2: Christian as uh, a Newcastle are, well, as currently as it stands as uh, a Newcastle are two of the worst teams in the form guide currently how much can the crowd help uh, and not aid Newcastle to bowl into charity FC <laughs> as you call it
5: it's, it's all pointing towards the draw and I think Lee's right they are both bombing the form table it's quite concerning um uh, I mean, realistically, this is these are nights that we wanted. Like, it's a Friday night under the lights at the City Grounds, you know, as they to it's St. Patrick's Day. Like, there will be a lot of jolly, shall we say? Or at least, <laughs> going in the game would be quite jolly. Like Forest fans to, like try and make some noise and get things going. So it should be a decent atmosphere on the night. I mean, we just got to try and do what we can and turn it like be that twelfth man as much as possible. It's yeah, it's I, I think. I think, you know, I'm optimistic, shall we say. Um I don't know if you want to give a score prediction yet or not. But um... What's Yeah, go go for it. Go yeah. for it. So but I mean they seem on very much like they've had a massive hangover from that League Cup final. They don't seem the same team. I mean they've ever since really they got to the final they've looked a bit of a different outfit. I know obviously Gimmerai's got suspended and that was a big part of how they play. But even now, they don't look as, you know, like that sort of lack of fear isn't there anymore. Sort of, so, you know, it's sort of like you know they've got this position. It's sort of like, oh shit, we could actually finish in the top four here, and they've sort of then and gone. Ah, the pressure's got to them a little bit, and they've started to crack slightly. Obviously, I think Joe Linton being out for our game is a big blow for them too, because they press so much more effectively as a unit with him on the pitch than they do without him. Obviously, they've got you know Isaac's sensational forwards, and he scored again today get a chance to watch how he play. you play. Know, he's bullied the whole Wolves back line of his pressing, which <laughs> does concern me Um, because, you know, I don't think we do the best for me to sort of have men running in our faces and sort of putting us in awkward positions. But I am going to be positive and I'm going to say that Forrest can win one nil, which would be a welcome relief. But I mean, like, we're sort of saying like that could put us to 12th and that sounds great. And then you look at a league table you realise there's only seven <laughs> points off bottom. <laughs> like, That's crazy, isn't it? You look at the points section rather than where we are at the minute, and thankfully we've got enough to keep above water. But we really need to be sort of getting a result against Newcastle, I think, if we're going to be one to the stay there.
2: Yeah. Uh, Rhys, this is the last home game before the international break, and it kind of like gives you that bit of a feeling of when we played Palace and needed to win to take us out of the relegation zone before the World Cup. But home games to come are Newcastle, Wolves, United, Brighton, Southampton and Arsenal. How important is it that we try and pick up as many points that? home and also give us a prediction. And it sounds like looks like Newcastle have scored while <laughs> like, we're recording
3: this. Yeah, she just got two one. Well wow. um we'll see V A R whatever. Um yeah. Blackstock to score, Christian, on your prediction. <laughs> oh, hey, yeah! That was I love the one not Yeah, I remember that game. Um, they absolutely. We were literally camped in as half the whole second half. And... yeah, it
5: was like a footballing lesson by Forrest in the first half, and then Did back it? to the wall, saving their life in a second. Billy Davis
3: masterclass of the one nil home and um, I think that absolutely infuriated them at the time, didn't it? As well, I think I can remember Kevin Nolan having a dig because it was sold out and kind of saying, "Oh, we were only there because Newcastle were rocking into town."
4: But um... Were Newcastle ever not infuriated? Whether they <laughs> <time to talk laughs> wow! Into. Yeah, let's
5: not Especially forget like, the, whole, the whole replay, of the match debacle. We beat them two one with when they had nine men. Let's not forget I, that I don't... that sort of reaction. <laughs> There's a soldier reaction to the result ever than that. And even my Wolves fans, they didn't get near that level, which is testament <laughs> to how. Off the scale, few we've got in Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I always as well remember the League Cup game when they equalised in the
3: last minute and still got beat 3 uh, 1. There was a video I remember on Twitter from their way end of them giving all the, the A block pelters and then completely going under and conceded two in injury time. Um, Rafa masterclass, that one. Um, yeah, I mean, Newcastle have. Not going to say fell off a cliff because they're winning at the minute with ten minutes to go as we record this, but um, which does add a little bit of concern that the have kind of stop the right if they do go on to win it before playing us. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna to be tough. Uh, I had, I come across the bookies' odds earlier and like we're like massive underdogs, which I was quite surprised by. Um, being at home and on this run, I thought it would be a tiny bit tighter. Newcastle, I would, I would expect to be favourites, obviously, but but and I, I kind of agree with Christian's first point. I just think it all points towards a draw um, and I think it'll be a 1-1 draw between us. Um, I think we'll stay unbeaten at home. They're the, they're the favourites going into it, and I think they'll take something out of the game and I think it'll be a 1-1 draw. Um, the bigger picture is... I know we've got the international break which does come at a good time for us etc but I think the bigger picture is you look at the next three Newcastle at home Wolves at home Leeds away got to be looking at a minimum five points for me them three got to to be beating Wolves or Newcastle at home got to because if we don't then yeah you're staring down the barrel because Mm. you've still got some big clubs to come to the city ground you know Man United Arsenal Uh, Right and the, right, and the no slatches as as we know. So yeah, we've got to be looking at these next three, um, and maybe even in the Villa game as well, and nicking a point there. We've got a, got a, that gap we've built is now slowly disintegrated, has not it? Really, and we've now got to get some points on the board again and try and push ourselves away back in. I mean, we are kind of in the lower mid table area, but one bad result and we could be bottom three again, so that's how tight it is. So, yeah, 1-1 for me on Friday night, but fingers crossed it'll be a special night on the lights at the city ground, as we've had quite a few times, and we can actually, this doom and gloom around the whole fan base, we can actually um, shine a little light on it and actually go away with a smile on his face.
2: Yeah, I mean, for, for me, it'd be lovely to get a, a the three points on Friday because then we can kind of look at the rest of the league over the Saturday and Sunday uh, with with our feet up and kind of hope that there's more results that go our way and and have less stress for the weekend so for that, I think it's so important that the crowd get up for it and kind of give that t- the team the lift and kind of get on Newcastle's backs like jeer anything any mistakes that they make and and really and really get into them and and hopefully someone's head will fall off similar to how John Joe shelby's did in that game uh, when a- hopefully
3: a- not ben- when- a- is for us.
2: <laughs> when when Lord Bentner uh scored if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah I'm gonna go I think I'm gonna go for a, a sneaky like two one somehow. I just want to be positive. Um that's what my heart says my head says we'll probably draw one one or or maybe lose by by a goal unfortunately but I'm gonna keep positive. Let's go for two one. Uh, And we will speak to you next week, obviously, after the Newcastle game. But for now, it is. uh, Have a good week. Come on your beds.
3: Just a quick one as well from all of us on this podcast. This is something that we all share. And it's something that myself and I'm sure the other guys have noticed as well is that a lot of people, especially Forest fans, as that's what mostly I do have on my Twitter, um, seeming to struggle a little bit with their mental health at the minute. You know, if you are struggling... um, by all means message the pod and one of us will reply to you or message somebody on Twitter, you know, use the forest timeline with the hashtag or just make sure you talk to somebody rather than doing anything silly. Um, There is plenty of options out there. You know, if you also want to talk to someone in conference, this, you know, charities like mind who will help you. Um, But just make sure you just talk to somebody rather than, you know doing anything silly i think that's um, an important message to relay um to anybody who listens to the pod who might be struggling at this time
0: this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans
1: away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home advantage of mcdelivery you win Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18-plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: Botox Cosmetic, out toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.
5: For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit botoxcosmetic.com.